0: All right, my guest today on the 8-Game Podcast is Mr. Chris Chanchuli. He is one of the founders of Connects from Get Connects Meetings. You guys can uh, learn a lot about this during the episode. He also is the host of the My Mistakes Podcast. He's a Long Island guy. Love talking to my Long Island guys. Uh, I had a a really good conversation with him prior. We just hit it off. We get along really well. Um, So it was an easy conversation and I got a lot out of it. And the guy is just doing really cool stuff. He's made a, a lot of really good connections for me and introduced me to a lot of people that I've just had more enjoyable conversations with so um, what he's doing is awesome he's definitely a connector his group connects is doing things very differently and it's 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 refreshing so um, he'll talk more about that but you guys can definitely check that out we we'll discuss a bunch of things on business on life on taking advice of uh, being a good mentor being a good mentee uh, we talk about obviously making mistakes we talk about um being a business owner we talk about uh know partners and finding people that have differences in in business. we talk about being in the business versus uh, being in a position of service and how to take care of people um, relating to people. He's got a lot of really cool stories and really good tips and tricks on how to really make it about the person and about the customer and connect with them on a level and really come from a place of service and not come from a place of just trying to get the bottom dollar. And uh, the way he goes about it and the way he talks about it, I think is really unique and interesting and sincere, which is awesome. So you guys will pick up a lot of really cool things for business, for life, great ways to handle people, great ways to talk to people, great ways to not handle yourself, great mistakes that he's made um, for maybe not holding himself accountable or treating people right or, or doing things the best, the best way, um, which on his podcast, I've heard him talk a lot about too, about just learning mistakes from being young and experienced for dealing with people. So he's come a long way. He's aligning himself with really good people. Uh, I like what he's doing. I like what he has to say. I like him as a person. I like the story. I think you guys will enjoy listening to him talk. Um, Definitely check out his podcast. And uh, in the meantime, let's do some real estate. I'll talk about this again, but go to nickandnick.com. Check out our free ebook, How to Invest in Real Estate. Before and after the coronavirus, we'll give you some tips and tricks on things you need to be aware of that have changed in the market in the last 12 months since the coronavirus and things you need to make sure you have your pulse on. So easy read, it's free on our site, dot com slash links. You can get in touch with me as well, um, but check out that book, free ebook, um, you know, read it. It's a little bit of money on Amazon, but it, you'll go through it pretty quickly and then it will uh, give you some things that you need to be aware of. So when the market does start to shift and things do start to change, you'll know some of the warning signs. So hopefully it uh, gets you a little bit of confidence. You can get with me and do some deals and definitely check out Get Connects and the My Mistakes podcast with Mr. Chris Chanchuli. Check it out. Have a great day. Please rate, review, and subscribe if you guys are enjoying this. I appreciate it. If you're interested in coming on the podcast or having me be a guest in your podcast, email podcast at nicknicknick.com. Have a great day, everybody. Mr. Chris Julie, Thank you. Um. All right, my guest today on the A-Game podcast is a uh, former bodybuilder who specialized in working with athletes of all kinds, including the New York Islanders. Uh, He's a former gym owner, entrepreneur. Uh, He's the host of the My Mistakes podcast and the founder of an amazing group that I found him through called Connects. Welcome to the podcast today, Mr. Chris Chanchuli from Long Island.
1: Thank you, Nick. I'm uh, a fan of your podcast and uh, honored that you asked me to be on.
0: Dude, I've been looking forward to it. I know we had, uh, you know, both of us had some scheduling stuff, but I'm glad we got it done. Uh, I always love talking to Long Island guys. You guys just have a different energy. I, I really like your podcast, too. I recently listened to uh, a couple of times. I listened to the one with our mutual friend, Mr. Billy Alvaro, who's an amazing human being.
1: Love the guy. Unbelievable. He's, uh, I guess, kind of a mentor. He might not know it, but I look at him like a mentor because he throws a lot of advice my way. Uh just someone that very much non-judgmental and you can share different things you're feeling thinking insecurities and he doesn't judge he gives great advice and uh, he appreciates when you take the advice so that's the kind of person uh i hope to one day be as well
0: yeah man i, I agree his uh his story is incredible for anybody who has not heard it um, i think he's been on both of our podcasts but you know listen to those interviews the guy is just super inspiring great energy like just you know and talk about pivoting your business He He's living the life right now in Puerto Rico. He's posting all these pictures, you know, go, going out shopping and running this multi-million-dollar business. So it's great stuff. But um, you, you brought up something about taking advice that I definitely wanted to dig into, and and your podcast we're definitely going to talk about. There's so many great lessons that we could literally just do an hour on specifically that. So I want to try and make sure we hit a bunch of different things. But you bring a lot to the table. But just for people who are not familiar with you, can you give just a quick 30,000 foot view starting off so people are a little, a little familiar with you and your background?
1: Sure. Uh, let's see. I guess I spent the bulk of my uh, professional life working in the fitness world. Uh, I had the aspirations like every single person that gets into bodybuilding to be a professional bodybuilder. And uh, it's such a small percentage of people who actually do. But I recently, I was looking back on the last like 20 years. And I recently turned 42. I was looking back since I first got signed with a bodybuilding supplement company and started going uh, to all the events, expos, shows. And a lot of the lessons I look back at now, I'm realizing how much I was learning over 20 years and only now does it all make sense and kind of like come together. So I got into bodybuilding competing uh, late nineties, 1997 was my first show, um, got signed to Pro Lab Nutrition that was owned by Natrol based out of California in 2001. And then through just always building relationships, I had an idea to develop something and work with someone uh, at ProLab called Team ProLab. And the idea was to take athletes who were at an amateur level and then start doing demos in stores. And by doing this, it was more exposure for the brand, but I learned right then and there as I was getting into personal training. And I learned how much it's all about just relationships and how much people trust you, where if they like you, you can make a recommendation for a product and they would buy anything on the shelves that was recommended by me or any of the other team pro lab athletes. And that evolved into getting into a, I went to college for exercise physiology, uh, went out to grad school and then didn't finish my graduate degree because I said, I can either had an opportunity to open a gym, or I could have continued along with education. And I said, "What am I doing at the end of education? I'll probably end up opening a gym. So why delay it?" I started my first gym open when I was 22. Made every mistake under the sun. Um, had a business partner who I just took on a partner because I was scared to do it alone, and he ended up uh, diverting funds from the gym to pay for other businesses, which I didn't realize until we were months in and probably $15,000 lost, and uh, then took that gym, brought it into another one, worked to help expand that gym chain, and realized I didn't want to do it for someone else. I wanted to do it for myself, which is what I think a lot of people who go into business, the way they feel, they don't really want to conform to someone else's rules. They set their own, and uh, I got into what I call network marketing, or I joined one of the networking groups back when I was consulting for a company based out of Boston, personal training one-to-one studio, I stumbled on, um, everyone's heard of it in the world, BNI. And I went to my first BNI meeting and it was a very interesting concept to me, the idea of everyone giving a commercial about what they do. And then if it was something that appealed to you or you thought you could refer a business, the idea of exchanging, and it was a new concept to me. I didn't even know this kind of thing existed and I uh, went to a couple meetings and then years later went into another group similar to BNI and I realized how so much business is done just through human interaction and knowing people that I couldn't believe that there were organizations to bring people together to help people essentially make friends and <laughs> then they would get business. So it led me to starting one of my own called Connects a year and a half ago. And in a year and a half, I've uh, brought on or partnered with two other individuals that have qualities that I don't to help turn this small business into a large company. So in uh, the last year and a half, we've gone from zero to 163 members. Uh, around the country in seven states. So that brings us to here. And I've gone on and rambled and I don't even know if I hit anything, but this is my first Zoom call of the day. So I guess I'm warming up.
0: (laughs) Nice. And No, you did great. You Uh, hit all all (laughs) the points there. And again, you you touched on a bunch of things that I could go on, on 40 different tangents with, but one of them you just said was You know, when opening a business, you, for Connect, you said you've partnered with a couple of other people that have skills that maybe you aren't the best that are not your strong suits. And I I think that's an important thing. And from what I've heard from you talking on your podcast and see you on some of the Connects meetings, you definitely seem to be the visionary type that has, you know, the big picture and you you go there to make things happen. But what I love, and, and, you know, we'll talk about your podcast too, but you talk a lot about the things that you learned, by going after that and, I, and I've heard you say like you know if I could have backtrack there's all these things that people go hey I want to open a business because I want to work for myself and I don't want to put in a lot of hours and all these little details that the visionary people don't see are the things that could totally sink the business so you might even have a great idea, but if you're not running. Your, your vision like a business, because I've heard you use that, you know, you could be in business, but you might not be a businessman. I think that's such a crucial ingredient because I've seen very good ideas and very successful businesses that are making money fail because of exactly that. So talk a little bit about how you find people to work with and figure out what your strengths and weaknesses are and how you can use that to combine forces and really fill in all those gaps in, in business professionally.
1: It's simple. I uh, I don't fully think things through. And where uh, where some would look at that as, you know, my mom said something recently uh, to me that one of my early teachers in school said. And I was diagnosed at a young age as LD or learning disabled. Um, I had, a, I have ADD, ADHD, had a lot of trouble learning. And I I guess I always got by where, you know, when you're a kid, you don't understand something, you call out the wrong answers, people laugh. I always use humor and I would deflect my insecurity by making people laugh or entertaining people, whether it was imitating a teacher, or imitating another student in a playful way. I was, I, I was never mean or put down in that regard. Um, but I guess that was my um, security was to make people laugh and know that I was liked through humor. And I learned well not really learned I guess got in trouble I never really thought about what I said or what I did if I had an idea to do something I would go do it, and it could be as crazy as I think I'm gonna pierce my ear go in the bathroom and pierce my ear and not think it through like what are my parents gonna say um and I did that when I was like in seventh sixth grade seventh grade and this is the mid early 90s when everyone didn't have earrings so um I I think back to like business I would say, you know what, today it's a nice day out. I want to go mow the neighbor's lawn and I would go knock on the door, see if I could do it, see if I could make money doing it. It was always kind of like a hustle, always looking for selling baseball cards, going to baseball card shows. Um, If it snowed, I was waiting with a shovel so I could go knock on doors to shovel. And I realized that there's certain people that are good at services and then there's other people that are good at businesses. I was never someone good at business because I never, I don't know if I can say balls on the show, but I feel when you're young, you have enormous balls and very little brains. And as you start getting older, your balls start getting smaller and your brains start getting bigger. I don't know, the blood flow goes from one end (laughs) up or down, uh, either way. And, uh, I had all the balls in the world, even while bodybuilding, some can figure that out. Um, I had all the balls in the world and very little brains. And uh, I I started a gym with, and if you heard the podcast, like I was looking up the numbers, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I entered into an agreement and a lease and a rent on space to where my overhead was gonna be about eight to $10,000 a month. I was 22 years old. I did it with no help from anyone. My dad bought me um, a stereo to go to the sound system, like the uh, the main main part, and uh, that was the only thing that I was given for that whole gym. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I remember my dad looking at the lease and looking at the agreement, and my dad saying, "How are you going to come up with this?" and my mentality just being i don't know figure it out and i've never i've always known where i am where i want to get to and to me getting there finding that way that's the most fun part about the entire journey like to me that's the greatest high in the world is discovering and figuring out what other people are too scared to venture out and see for themselves
0: i think that that's a great answer you know touching on what you said about the fear and like, you know, being a little bit more ballsy when you're younger. I've also heard you say when you first started the business, you weren't scared at all. And I feel like that's such an essential thing and relating it to to my fighter friends. You know, I've heard over and over again, the guys that get their asses kicked, the next day they get interviewed and they go, you know, I should have known I was going to get my ass handed to me because when I walked out there that day, I wasn't scared at all. You know, and that fear is what actually keeps you sharp and like makes you appreciate that. And I think like you said, when you're when you're naive to business and you don't understand, you just have this vision, you don't know about all these things cause you don't have enough experience. Like for me, like my second fight was scarier than my first because now I actually knew what to expect. You know what I mean? So there's real things in there now that like weren't really the imagination stuff in there. What were some lessons you learned going through and opening a business young that you, you may, might not have thought of that you kind of learned as trial by fire which I know really is a lot of what you talk about in your podcast. It,
1: Uh, It's a great question, and it's a funny one. So (laughs) what I learned really in business in general and about different personalities, to touch on like fear, everyone's afraid. Everyone is nervous. And it's how you control fear. And it'll either consume you and destroy you if you're worrying about all the things that can happen, it's gonna consume and destroy you. If you think about all the things that potentially could be, it's gonna freaking drive the hell out of you. And I was always the kind of person where I, when when it comes to my own life, looking at a situation, if I look at what I'm dreaming of getting, what I want to achieve, and if I look at what potentially could happen, that, that's a much, that fantasy is so much better of what it potentially could be. And don't get me wrong, where I've thought certain ventures I've had were going to be was much higher than where they actually ended up. So I guess the lesson that I learned is it's one thing to have a vision. It's another thing to have a dream. A dream anyone can have. A dream is just what enters your mind. Like, oh, wouldn't that be fun if? Whereas a vision is, I'm going to fucking get this. I'm going after it. There's no turning back. Try to stop me. Put up a wall. fucking knock it down. I'll go right through it. And when you have this, like, just me thinking about it, like, you putting that thought into my head, it becomes an aggressive field to where it's controlling the emotion so that I've never cursed once at a meeting for Connects or at a crucial time, I I have cursed a couple of times, key moments that have had issues, but fuck it. And the mentality has always been, the worst someone can say is no. And that's always been my mentality. If I ask someone, if I pursue something, if I try something, and it could be anything as dumb as I wrote a children's book that I put on Amazon, it was number one on Amazon for a weekend. It was a free giveaway. So Uh, it's it's not as incredible as it sounds. I make it sound better than it really was. But like, why would I write a children's book? I just wondered what it would be like to write a children's book and if I could get on Amazon and if I could get it to be number one. So what did I do? I looked up on Amazon, how to get a number one book on Amazon. And there was actually a book by a guy named Ali Hilly who wrote a book called How to Be Number One on Amazon. So I got it, I read it and no shit, became number one on Amazon. I, re- I used to watch a lot of videos and read books from a guy, Brian Tracy. He was one of the first ones that like I really got into with like self-help, self-development back in like 2009-ish. And two of the things that resonated to me, he said the Jim Rohn line, like attracts like, bought into that. Um, set your goals very, very high. Because if you don't even, if you don't reach it way up there, Falling a little bit below is okay, because it's still more than most will achieve. But some of those lessons and hearing someone else say it, he talked about following a recipe. And if you wanted to bake chocolate chip cookies, Toll House, best chocolate chip cookies. So if you follow the Toll House recipe, when you open the oven and take out the cookies, you're not like, oh shit, chocolate chip cookies? You're not surprised. You were expecting them because you followed a recipe. So you weren't surprised at what the outcome was. If you speak to someone that is successful and you say, how do I get like you? How do I achieve success? Nine times out of 10, they will tell you, but nine times out of 10, people are too ignorant or stupid or thinking they know better to follow the advice that would lead to success beyond their dreams. But everyone, including me, I thought I knew. I had advice from... Mike Rapoli, I used to train the um, founder of Vitamin Water, which is now he owns Body Armor, Pirates Booty. I trained him and I was getting the education at 25, 26 years old from a billionaire who is a genius. This guy has, when his vision, it's amazing. Like literally, he laid out what he was going to do with Vitamin Water, how much about like uh, what his. Goal was what he planned to do. And he, I don't know if he manifested it, I don't know if he followed it just to the T, but here's a guy who sells a company for $4.1 billion. And here he gave me advice. And I was so ignorant, where like I still thought I knew better about my business and that being training. And if you're a master of business, no matter what the business, you understand a scaling model. And I never knew what that meant. And looking back, it's like, if more people just shut up and listened to other people's advice, who know, not everyone's. Don't listen to everyone's advice nine times out of 10, don't listen to your parents' advice because they don't know, unless they're in business, don't listen to a close friend's advice because those are the people that are going to be telling you, it's not you, honey. It's the economy. It's a, it's a recession. It's COVID. It's okay. You're not supposed to be doing well. Fuck that. Like while other people are using that excuse, let them tell themselves that. And to all your family and loved ones say, thank you for the information. I think I'm going to go reinvent myself and, uh, accomplished world domination like it's better to have that mentality than to just accept defeat lay down and just get counted out
0: if you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner 2020 is coming to an end let's start 2021 off on a good note by getting you into some real estate whether you're beginner intermediate or advanced Any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you wanna sell some properties to me whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. I love that, man. And I, I a hundred percent, I don't, I don't think anybody can say that they've never been in the position where they ignored somebody's advice that they went to. And, and nowadays I take that so seriously. Cause I remember even when I started out on the real estate side, I paid a mentor a lot of money and I didn't listen to him at all. And then I, I literally one day he, he was like, do this. And if you don't do this, don't call me anymore because you're wasting my time. Like what? You, and, and I literally did this deal to prove him wrong. I was like, I'm gonna show him, but like the mentality behind that of like, why would I wanna pay this guy all this money to show him that he's wrong? Like, wouldn't I wanna prove myself right for like investing all this money? But it's nuts because everybody else, my parents were good, but for the most part, everybody else in life was telling me that it's a scam, real estate doesn't work, you're taking advantage of people, you should go get a job, which I couldn't do at the time. And people by nature will listen to people that have no qualifications, no track record. They're not in a better financial position, they're not in a better quality of life position, but then this person that has everything you want and can literally tell you how to get there, you'll discount everything they say. I don't know what it is about people or the psychology of it, but it fascinates me. And I take it so seriously now that even when I go to a restaurant, I realize what a dick you look like when the waitress or waiter comes over and you're like, I don't know what I want hey, what do you recommend? And they go, look, the best thing we have here is like the you know, the, the chicken Parmesan here or whatever. And I go, great, um, I'm going to have the other thing. It's like, <laughs> what'd you ask me for the advice for if you weren't going to listen So like, I'm always like, well, who am I now to, I asked you for the advice, now I'm going to take it. So what do you think it is about people that they do that? I, I don't know what it is, even to this day, like, man, I'll, I'll go, I'll be taking an Uber to jujitsu in the morning in like a random city, and then the person will start a conversation and I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. And then eventually, well, what do you do? Real estate, ah, oh, that doesn't work. And people, I'm like, yeah, you're right, man. It doesn't. Like, so just make it right here. You know, like, yeah, I'm not going yeah, to yeah, bother yeah. anymore, like, because it's not worth it. But they'll literally try and convince me that real estate doesn't work. It's like, dude, you're driving an Uber. Like, shouldn't you ask me how it worked for me? But it's crazy. But what's your take on why people are like that? It's fascinating to so, me.
1: I'll, I'll give you a, this is a funny way to show it. The only reason I had this picture on my phone is because I was sending it to Sean uh, last night because we were talking about injuries. So if we can see it, that's when I tore my pec. You can see my, all the purple, see that there? Yeah. So I tore my pec uh, while I never bench pressed because my whole, uh, I said, bench pressing is dangerous. Don't do it. Didn't take my own advice, tore my pec, and uh, in doing so really ended my bodybuilding career. And when that happened, I had to go uh, meet with different orthopedists to see surgery and how to repair it. And I ended up not being able to repair it because of where the muscle tore uh, off the muscle tore, not the tendon itself. So I was prescribed prescription painkillers, which led to a pretty intense addiction to um, opioids and when you're doing opioids what the hell throwing uh, other things into the mix so it led to uh, what one would call a drug problem which the drugs weren't the problem not getting the drugs was actually yeah. the problem uh, truth be told and uh, I, I'll have 13 years sober and off that in on uh, March 29th so that's 13 years this month that's and awesome thank you which is funny how everyone says that congratulations for not killing yourself or ending up in jail thank (laughs) you thank you appreciate it um i wanted to quit for at least a year leading up to me actually quitting and i had friends of mine i knew people that were sober and they were giving me advice you need to get involved into a program you need to go to aa you need to go to na you need to get into some kind of 12-step support. You need these things. And I thought I could do it on my own. I said, I appreciate it. I can quit. I don't need that. And I thought because I was very strong mentally when it came to um, competing in bodybuilding, when it came to just my mentality for business or being a hustler, I thought I could kick it by just willing myself to and saying, I don't need it. And the physical addiction of the opioid was much stronger than I thought it was. And I failed at it five, six times. And I guess I didn't ultimately fail because I didn't end up in jail Um, and I didn't end up dead, but I'm very grateful every day for that because it very well could have happened on numerous occasions. The second I just stopped, like, The first rule is admitting you're powerless. And if more people realize that they are absolutely powerless when it comes to business, accomplishing a goal, um, getting to a certain point by following their own methods without listening to some advice along the way. Elon Musk is the only person that maybe Jeff Bezos as well, only two people I can think of that created their own model company landing on other friggin' planets like <laughs> all right they didn't exactly have a model to follow but for everyone else whatever someone's about to do someone's done it before them so there's someone you can take advice from and I don't know why so many young entrepreneurs and I hate that term more than anything I don't know why so many entrepreneurs feel the need to I think they must take pride in not listening to people because they're so proud of where they are right now. So many, and I was there that they don't realize where they could be if they stopped like showing off or trying to prove something and just focused on getting to where they want to be. I just think so many people leave so much money on the table and leave so many accomplishments from being accomplished because they're almost wanting to like live in the moment right now and the successful entrepreneurs who i know they weren't thinking about that along the way like when they sold the company when they they looked back at it and said oh and then they start recapping oh remember that remember that wow we did a lot um i recently heard something about paul mccartney making a comment All these years later, I'm more open and I listen back to Beatles music and I think wow we really were a great band. And like it's so amazing that like, one of the greatest of all time was that humble in the way that he was like looking at his music where he wasn't saying we're the biggest in the world and bragging about it like here the guys 80 something 70 something 80 something however old he is but now he's looking back and only now is he reflecting on how good they were all those years ago so i think more should uh, look at the big picture and stop thinking that they're at the peak or the pinnacle and they should celebrate because i think a lot of people who are very proud of themselves have so much more potential to go so much further and i think uh people should stop focusing on celebrating and Focus more on executing and setting new goals.
0: Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real Mackenzies, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world, and he also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word DRUMMER, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833 632 0585. Again, text the word DRUMMER, D-R-U-M-M-E-R to the number 833 585 for your free online drum lesson. I love that, man. I think you nailed it. You reminded me of a story too when you talk about Paul McCartney. Um, his name is blank and i Henry Rollins was on the Joe Rogan podcast mm-hmm. and he was like, man, I opened up for this band. He's like, and it was like a 60,000 person arena and I got called by the headliner to go back to the dressing room He's like, and I knocked on the door and the guy was like, Oh, come in. And he's like, you know, give it to me straight. Nobody's out there. Right. And he's like, what? He's like, no, there's, there's 60,000 people out there like sold out waiting for you. They've been here all day. And he's like, really? He's like, man, I I thought nobody was going to show up. And he was like, why would you think that? He goes, I don't know. I just think that every show. And he was uh, like, Rogan, like pushed him a little bit. He's like, well, who was the guy? He's like, it was Ozzy Osborne. And it was like two years ago, you know? So like, but I feel like like the brilliant people, like the really the go-getters, they never walk into a room or like I'm gonna kill it. Like we're we're all crazy. You know what I mean? Like a, nobody's gonna call, nobody's gonna show up, but but you go and you do that stuff anyway. And I think a huge thing that you said when you were talking about um communicating with people that are gonna give you advice and personalities, I've heard you talk a lot about when you first started the way that you, you didn't really handle yourself the best as a leader, the way that you talk to maybe some clients wasn't really the right way. And the way you talk to certain um, uh, employees was maybe not the right way. And over my podcast, when I've asked some of the people, what would you do if you had to go back? A common theme has been, you know, I, I would have treated people differently. I, you know, I, I wouldn't have been so aggressive, but it would have been more open-minded. And I think when you're aware of that as a leader or as a, um, a mentor, And you can push across and learn to identify that personality type. And the person you're talking to, generally you get them to believe that you are coming from their best interest, they will listen to you more. And that's something I've realized, I can almost tell now, I look for it like, is this person giving me this advice because they're doing it because that's what they wanna say? Or is this truly coming from a place that I can tell, like this is maybe even something that's going against their stuff. Like I'm not gonna buy their program or whatever it is but they're giving me what I need best. And how did you learn that? Because I know obviously like for your podcast, my, my mistakes, but I think that that's a tremendously underdiscussed topic as, as a leader.
1: Um, so to answer that or answer some form of it somehow, the way that uh, <laughs> I kind of go off on a rant here, um, I think it's because the opening of the podcast for my mistakes, It's a smart person learns from their mistakes. A wise person learns from others' mistakes. And we can relate to each other more on failures than we can successes because we have more attempts for success than we do uh, for, like, okay, um, Thomas Edison, when he invented the light bulb, they said, oh, 10,000 attempts. And he said, no, I found 9,999 ways not to make a light bulb. Like, that was the mentality for him. I truly believe that the one thing that everyone could change to be more successful in business. and I hate to admit it, but I think my wife was the one who like started like really drilling this into my head Well and my father-in-law. They my father-in-law with what he does, um, being a therapist and talking to people and the way that he manages, I took a page out of his book where, He told me something similar. I can't give him all the credit. He's my father-in-law. So I'll give myself the credit that I came up with it, which I'm violating what I'm about to say. If you make it about someone else, here's my advice. If you make it about someone else, even if you want something, don't try to sell it because you want it. Hey, you know what would really help me out if you did this? Someone's going to be like, all right, well, I really don't give a damn because I don't care about helping you out. Whereas if you reversed it and said, hey, I was thinking, what do you think would get this result? And let them have the opportunity to give an idea or a suggestion. And if you then go with their suggestion and ultimately lead them in the direction to what you were thinking anyway, but you let them come up with it, now they're more vested in wanting to complete that task. They're doing it for themselves because they came up with the idea. They're getting praise when it gets accomplished because you're telling them, hey, great job with that. And now you're building credibility. You're building equity stock in that individual that you've accomplished something together. If you're trying to get someone to complete a purchase of some kind of product or if it's real estate, if it's. If you're coming, and I'm exaggerating, if you're coming from a place of, come on, this $3 million house would be such a great commission for me, and I could buy that summer house I want, I could buy a motorcycle, I'll get that watch, I'll get my wife this. If you're thinking along the lines of why it's good for you, you're going to not communicate with them in a way that's going to resonate that you truly care. People don't care how much you know, people want to know how much you care. So if you approach people in where, you know, Mrs. Smith, you said that you're, uh, you have kids this age and what do you, how do you think they would feel about that backyard? If you're asking them and you're helping them paint the picture of seeing themselves in that house you're trying to sell them, now it's impossible for them to escape that fantasy you've created for them now they're more inclined to want to buy that service or what you're selling because you didn't make it about you you kept it about them and instead of just saying isn't that a nice backyard it's making it personal you said that you have kids nine and seven how do you think they would like a play set back there or a tree house in that and now you're making it personal and once people feel that connection price is no longer a factor People always use the excuse, oh, they said it's too much. They said that they can't afford it. That's what people say because it's, it's commonly accepted. So the best way to blow you off and get you to leave me alone is say, it's just out of my price range. Bullshit. If it was life-saving serum for their child, they would come up with the money for it. I'm not comparing a house to life-saving serum. I'm just saying where there's a will, there's a way. And it makes us feel better to say, oh, that's impossible. Bullshit. It's really hard to find something that's impossible in the world. Really everything is possible. You just might not want it bad enough. So it's finding how bad you want this, make it about the other individual to see how bad they want it. And then that's how your goals align and you will work with your customers, your clients to get them what they want because ultimately we'll deliver what you want, but both parties, it has to be a symbiotic relationship. Otherwise someone's not going to be happy at the end of the deal.
0: I think that's a great answer, man. I love that. I think that's wise words as always. Um, Another quick question I have before we move on to actually talking about your podcast and connects. You told a story that really resonated with me when you talked about how when you were building your business, you were putting all these hours in because again, everybody has this misconception. You open a business, you work for yourself. You don't realize that you're working harder than everybody when you first started, but there becomes something that I think our personality types become obsessive over what we're doing. And, you know, you have that control and all that stuff. And I started getting calls for like, hey, you know, so and so's getting married, so-and-so is having a party. And I'm going, well, I can't afford to not do that. You know, even though I like monetarily, I could, but for some reason you go, well, if I, you know, if I take this weekend and I go here instead of there, that's like 50, 60 grand, you know, and I and I how can I turn that down? I'd be an idiot to turn that down. And then more of those come up and you feel like it's going to run out. And then you wind up in COVID for a year and you don't see any of your friends or family and and you don't get to get together. And at the end of the day, that money just went to another property or went down the drain to a bed. It didn't really matter at the end of the day. Anyway, you would have figured it out and you can't get that back, but you can find another deal to make that money. And I know you had a, a story like that too. So, I mean, I feel like it's a very real struggle. Like, how do you decipher that? Like at what point, what would your advice be to, Guys that are starting out and they're just grinding and grinding and grinding. And they're, they're not taking that time to go because they feel like they, everything will fall apart if they take a day or two off, or if they turn down a paycheck that could go towards something else. And then they miss out on this quality time with family or things that they can't get back. Like which, what's your advice? and take? I, on?
1: I have no advice for that because <laughs> I don't have that down. I've, I have a tattoo on this side of my body of a clock. I have a clock on this side. I have a compass on this side. And I look at, that symbolizes to me, not so crazy, direction in time, (laughs) not so out of the box. But it's the idea is like a reminder, because A, you can't buy back time, which is something I remind myself of, yet I've wasted so much time by not focusing my energy and efforts on something that was... You know, when COVID hit, it's a horrible thing. It affected many people, those who lost family, loved ones. Uh, I lost a friend two weeks ago and it's horrible. I'm not taking anything away from COVID. However, the first month of COVID was the, I sat down to more dinners with my wife and two daughters in the first 30 days of COVID than I did both of my daughters' entire lives combined. And when I realized that, besides crying like a baby, I it was just the most eye-opening thing to say, holy shit, like a worldwide global pandemic had to hit to stop me. And it didn't stop me. It stopped my training business, in which that was closed, but that's when I shifted my energy to another business in which I was still working 18 hours a day with a startup essentially. But the one block of time I carved out was like one hour, 45 minutes or so, not an hour, not an hour 45. It was like 45 minutes that I would put aside to have dinner and see the kids. And the hardest thing for me right now, almost like kicking opioids, is trying to find time and pull myself away because I very often get caught up in trying to help other people straighten out their lives, which in turn screws up my own life because I'd be lying to say that my my wife is so supportive she's amazing with how she stands behind me and supports me and is my number one fan and she says it all the time remember i'm here and it's like her little motivating thing to me and it's so sweet and i think i feel worse to her at times because it saddles her with the responsibility of taking care of both of our daughters um i don't carve out the time that i really should and probably at some point i'll be in therapy with regret but that's life um it's It's believing that this struggle, or I shouldn't say struggle, it's believing that I don't believe there can truly be balance the whole way. I feel like you bust your ass to work very hard at accomplishing something so that it frees up. So the reason that I have brought in partners and all right now with what I'm doing with Connects is, that's freeing up and allowing time where I can be around to take my girls to school in the morning to walk to the bus stop tonight. We're doing a uh, fire pit Friday with our neighbors and uh, we're going to all be sitting out while they toast s'mores and spend time socially with other people. And that's something that I, where I've neglected my wife very much in having that life, the pandemic almost worked out because it was an excuse to not get to other friends and stuff, but it's uh, being obsessed with business is great and people hear all the wonderful stories of accomplishment from the people who eventually get to that point, but there's so many people that also achieve success who you hear of that aren't happy and it's not because they're bad people and it's not because their priorities were off because I don't think anyone should tell someone what your priorities should be, but I think certain people realize when they hit certain accomplishments, it's not what they thought it was going to be, and that's when they're let down. So that's where I think the balance lies. Like, what are you willing to sacrifice? Am I willing to sacrifice not having time with my kids to run to activities and stuff for their first, I don't know, eight years of life? I would rather sacrifice that time than the time when they're let's say 9 10 11 12 13 now someone could say yeah but who knows what happens what if you drop dead tomorrow hit by a car like there's all ways you can look at it like shouldn't you enjoy today yes but for anyone that is not rationalizing but trying to like devise a plan in their mind it's good to just compartmentalize like where you're going to put certain things but like any plan, and like Mike Tyson said with it, the first, except not going to hit in the face in this scenario, you can have a plan, but then you start achieving a success sooner than you thought you were going to. And I told my daughter, who's now seven, I recently moved and uh, with COVID, moved to an area where I could. Um, I told my daughter three years ago, We didn't have a backyard, much of a backyard on Long Island. So I said to my daughter and she was getting into swimming and taking swim lessons. And I said to my daughter, how would you like to have a big backyard and a swimming pool? And she got so excited and I'm tearing up because I'm a mush and I'm tearing up. I'm seeing the excitement in her face about a pool and she's gonna invite her friends over and have a pool party and play in the backyard. And now I just realized as I said that I was just kind of like daydreaming, fantasizing myself and I saw her excitement. And the first thing that like hit me was, fuck, now I need to get a house with a big backyard and a pool because I just promised someone. And when I would like fantasize with my wife and oh, one day we'll have this, it was, it's two adults fantasizing, knowing it might happen, but it might not. I'm not going to hold it against you. But once I promised it to my daughter, it changed the stakes. So when COVID hit, I looked at everything, thought about it, uh, talked to a friend of mine, real estate agent who told me what he thought we could get for our house. And I said to my wife, would you wanna do this? And she's like, let's do it. And she's not someone that like takes risks the way that I do. I'm the one in this situation. I was saying, do you think we really should? Do you think it would be a smart move? And I said, you know what? I promised Hannah that we would have this. And to see her face when she ran through, I live on an acre of land. And to see her run through the backyard was probably, I could cry right now, it was the most incredible thing to see delivering on a promise. So I thought to myself, wow, did I miss out on so many of those opportunities? But like I started off in saying like big balls, big brains and the reversal. Um, I'm not tying that into having kids, but it does factor in. Um, It's (laughs) I realized that you wouldn't have had certain opportunities if not for that sacrifice. So people tell you you need balance. And I tell those people, you can't have it all. So stop giving advice because A, the people giving you advice so often have no idea what they're talking about. Like you said, we listen for some reason to the people that don't know and we ignore the people who do know. So I think a good thing to do would get a better way of filtering out the garbage and false information. Find someone that resonates with you, who you respect as a person, who you can look at aspects of their life and say, like you brought up Billy Alvaro. I have a sponsor of the My Mistakes podcast, Don Pablo Coffee. This guy, Darren Burke, just such a great person. Um, Guy, Jeff Irvine, who's about to launch probably three of the biggest apps that will take the entire country. Such a good person. Like, that's what stands out to me because when you meet those good people and they give you advice it's not just the money or success that i really envy about certain people it's seeing how they're happy with the decisions they've made along the way to where they're content with where they are right now and not bitter
0: i absolutely love that man you dropped some big names on there and uh i will say for me I have already made some outstanding connections through Connect. So, you know, Billy Alvaro recommended you guys. I jumped on, I found you from there. I made connections in my very first meeting that got me on a LinkedIn Live with four or five other guys from there that have now come on my podcast that I'm probably going to do. Like, it's been really, really awesome. So, I think what you're doing is fantastic. And the, it's a completely new element of like new people and they, there's, you know, I've, I've had one-on-ones with people and stuff like that. So um, I think it's going to grow and it's going to be absolutely huge. I'm very happy. I got in when I did, but talk about how connects came around and let, let's go into that because I think that this is going to be huge. And I think it has so much value, especially right now with where we are in the market in the world.
1: So connects is something that one of those brainchilds, it was something in my head and maybe uh Maybe it was crazy to think, but I saw the way that the other networking groups, I was also told by my father-in-law and my wife, don't put down other people because then it shows that you're insecure about yourself. So (laughs) I, I never thought it was because of insecurity. I just, I didn't even know I was putting them down. Other networking organizations had certain aspects that I did not like. I didn't like the idea how they were broken into almost like chapters I didn't like the idea of one person per industry or category in a group. I didn't like the idea of voting people in to see if they could be part of your group. I didn't like people identifying by their profession. Hi, what's your name? What do you do? Here's my card. I hated that. The assumption was if you do this and they do that, do business together. Yay, everyone wins. And the reality is Forbes magazine, put out, um, 2019, they had an article, uh, and research. It was a huge study. They found that people are four to six times more likely to do business with someone that they like. Like they actually conducted a study to prove people do business with who they like. I don't know why they needed a study on that, but it (laughs) goes to prove that We were right in assuming that. When starting Connects, it was an idea. Bringing people together as people first, professionals next. When COVID hit, it was the kind of thing that proved my theory a hundred percent. Everyone always would break down personal life, professional life. COVID took the two things and brought them together. Where you could be on a meeting with someone trying to conduct a million dollar deal and you have a naked four-year-old run right behind the camera and you have your wife chasing, yelling that it's bedtime and you're trying to stare into the camera and pretend that you don't hear it and it's, it's in their mind. That's when personal and professional came together. When everyone started working out of their houses and you see their unmade bed behind them and they've got the Rolex on and their nice tie, yet they look like a slob in the background. Connect was the idea of embracing that and really highlighting, why is that a bad thing? If I'm selling life insurance and I know that you have a family and I have a family and I start talking to you about our kids and their activities and dance class and that kind of stuff, Don't you think I understand your situation in wanting to protect your family where I could say, you know, I had this in my policy. I I would recommend that to you because when Jessica gets to college, you might want this. Now I know the person. I know his family. Who do you think he's going to go to when he needs to buy that service? People will always recommend a friend before they'll recommend someone in a networking group. So Connects, we currently conduct three meetings a week, Monday night, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. We have members in seven states around the country right now. It's people that are in any field that you can think of. Um, I think we have 163 members right now. So they're spread out in seven states. And we have a lot of people in real estate, a lot of people in legal, a lot of people in financial services because you might not do business with someone in California, however, or Miami. However, there's a lot of people that move from New York to Miami. So if you know people down there and they know people up here, when they have friends, family, acquaintances, relocating, vacation, they're going to recommend someone that they know in that area. So we do exchange business. Basically, we just come together, get to know, get to like, get to trust And I was told this is a stupid idea from the start. I had a lot of people saying this isn't the business model. This isn't what's going to work. People aren't going to join. And while the other groups are falling apart, we are growing exponentially. We've had three people sign up this morning. So like you said, real estate, some people said, yeah, you guys are making friends. I don't need to pay for friends. I'm looking for real business. And those are the people that I say in the last 10 days, actual statistic, in the last, well, it's 11 days now. In the last 11 days, over $30 million of, bu- of business was closed between Connex members. $30 million in 11 days. So when people are like, yeah, but do you guys close any business? I say, yes, a shit ton of it. And when people say, maybe I should come check it out, I go, no, they already failed. Because if someone's trying to come to it because they want to make money, that's the wrong reason. So we don't talk about the closed business. I'm just telling you in that one example, but what we do is say there's a lot of really great people here. Like if we agree that like attracts like in the way we started off this podcast, very often entrepreneurs and people driven like yourself, like myself, like Billy, like all these people there is a certain way if we were to take a flower and try to transplant it and put it into a bed of rocks, it's going to die because it's not getting the nourishment. It's not surrounded by others like itself. When you take an entrepreneurial individual and you put them into a group like Connects, they will friggin' explode because it's like cross-pollination. The ideas start going, the one-to-ones, the discussions, you start bouncing ideas. We have like six or seven members that coordinated on one deal together. Um, a couple of times it's happened. And when you start, the juice is flowing. You just, it's endless, the potential and opportunities. So Connects exploded. It's really grown because people bring in others that they know from sport from activities from other groups and i kind of i call us the all-stars of networking the people that really are the top 20 percent of all the other networking groups they find themselves at connects and uh we have so much to offer so many people that there's a different reason for everyone why connects should appeal to them
0: I think it's awesome, and I think it's a it's a refreshing format too. The way you know I, I do a lot of things, and sometimes I'm trying to multitask and you know get a bunch of things done. But the way you have it set up, you're forced to interact, so you really can't go. And I think that that helps really strengthen the relationships, and it makes you pay attention to other people because you know like yeah, i'm up in 30 seconds like i can't go too far and oh wow i'm actually glad i heard that ball that person's cool then this person wrote to me and they want to talk next like it's it's really cool it's very refreshing the breakout rooms the way you do the whole thing is just very different and it works i think it's it's really good and uh i appreciate it and again i i from just the, the small amount of time i've been in so far have already made great connections with really really cool people that have you know come on my podcast we're doing Doing stuff together, and there's some really impressive players in there too, personally and professionally.
1: Oh, we've we've got a couple of people who uh I mean one of my partners, for example. Before I say that, I'll rewind to like what you just said as far as the meetings being different. If we can agree that people relate more on failures than successes, where we can relate as people. If we can be vulnerable and honest with each other and not try to put on a facade of who we are, like when people say traditional networking groups, hi, I'm Chris, I'm a financial advisor who works with high net worth individuals that person doesn't realize that they just made themselves unrelatable to everyone else in the group. Because if I know people who are looking for a financial advisor, I'm going to remember how he said high net worth individuals. And now I'm going to think, well, is that high net worth? I don't know. It's $200,000. He's looking to invest. What's he worth? Could he worth a million? I don't know. Now I'm thinking so hard. Does he, I'm just not going to recommend him. So, like they don't know. I use an expression, people don't know they have bad breath and their nose is just above their mouth. Why don't people realize the stupid things that they say? And I'm not judging saying stupid because I say things and be like, oh, he's a jerk. I'm not judging someone saying stupid, I'm saying ignorant. and I was one of those people until probably two years ago, if that. So what we do at Connects is. I will admit whatever, I'm not too proud to say anything. I say, for the most part, I suck at business. I don't know what I'm doing half the time, more than half the time. And I admit that right out of the gate. I don't say I'm any expert. I'm not someone who is qualified to speak on these areas. I just got some really good ideas. sometimes they're too big. So what I did to help the brand, I saw so many people that were gaining so much from Connect. And I thought to myself, and it was like a real moment of reflection and growth as a human. And it was bound to happen at some point. I said, this means so much. If I try to do it my way and I don't bring on others and listen to others who are talented and good in the areas that I'm not, it's all gonna collapse and come crumbling down. I can scroll th- through social media at any given minute and I'll see Connect members out to lunch, out to coffee, out to dinner, um, talking about different things you're celebrating together. And to know that I was essentially the catalyst to bring so many, I don't give a shit about the business that I brought together and I really don't. I'm happy for them. I'm happy to know that I have brought people together who can relate on mental health issues, losing loved ones, um, raising children with autism and the stresses that they face, um, living with a disability. That's what makes me feel so amazing is knowing I've helped make people struggle less by connecting them to other people that can relate and help with the advice that they give going through it. But that model still applies to people's business. So yes, along the way, people do make money with the business. But my intention was always to bring people together because I believe people should find ways to collaborate and not to compete and more focus should be how can we work together? Because there's enough people that won't want to and they'll wanna do their own thing. So if you find the people open-minded, trustworthy, that will work with you, like I knew Nick, I liked you the minute we spoke, I'm like, this is my guy. Like, I feel like we're cut from the same cloth. I relate to him. If you call me and ask me for a favor, I would do it drop of a hat because I feel you do that for me as well. And it's not a matter of the amount of time that you know someone, it's connecting with the right people. So in traditional networking, people say, well, you got to give it a year. Why do you have to give it a year? I know within eight seconds if I like someone, so why do I need a whole year to discover that? And once you find people that are aligned with your values, you're going to trust them for so much more than business, for advice, for whatever. So that's what Connects was. And I brought on a partner, a guy named Darren Mass. He was in the telecommunications world, sold his business for $40 million a couple of years ago when he was in his late 30s. And he reached out to me, said, I've watched Connects grow over the last month on social media, on LinkedIn. He said, amazing. So when Darren and I started talking and seeing what we both wanted and how it would work out, he said, I can, if you want, I can help you take this business and grow it to a company. And I looked at what he did over 10 years. And I said, I don't know if you know the culture of the people. And that's when I looked up how his employees, MassCom, his company was voted like in the top whatever, five, 10 places in New York City to work because of the culture. And then I called his former business partner, who's a friend, and I said, hey, Tell me something about Darren that not many people know, because I'm not sure if he understands the culture of the people in connects. He said, "Uh, you do know how much we sold the company for, right? And I said, 40 million. He goes, no, we were actually offered 48 million. And I said, what happened? He said, "Uh, when we were offered that Darren said, what's your plan? And they said, we're going to streamline and do this. Darren said, so you're going to lay off our employees. And they said, well, I mean, and he's like, all right, no deal. And Darren called off the deal. And they said, why are you not willing to sell? He said, when I hired these people, I told them if we ever sell, they will have job security. I will not let them lose their jobs. He turned it down. A couple months later, they were offered 40 million. And the company said, we will keep your employees on now for 24 months, but for 40 million. So Darren gave up that extra 8 million because of his promise and his word. I called him, I hit end from that call. I called Darren and I said, Darren, let's get going on this. And he said, all right. He's like, you want to uh, do this, or You want to go into business partner? I said, not only do I want a partner, I want you to be the CEO because I think you are the person that has the knowledge to take my vision and actually implement it so it really works. And Sean, the other person who's amazing dealing with people, he's great at communicating, he's great at operations. I know I can trust him. Every time I go onto a meeting with Sean, I know it's gonna be fine. I never worry. I know that he will do whatever it takes to figure out whatever the medium is that we're going out on, I can trust him. And when you know you've got two guys or two girls or two anything at your side, Besides a great night out, it's going to be uh, an amazing business because when you have talent come together, you are unstoppable. So people can try to get in your way, you're going to just go right through them. So that's where we're at now. And I think our success is because of a great team. We have a guy, Mark Lawrence, who's probably the most likable guy, who's so really a true networker. He's brought people into the mix um sean and darren and then the members are truly like handpicked where they come in and some people go oh, this isn't for me and they hang up totally cool but for the people that go i've been looking for something like this and i'd be lying if i didn't say at times i get a little bit upset when people don't see the value but darren at that point will then mentor and coach and say chris Why spend three times the energy to go after someone who's never going to see it when you can use that energy to go after new people who do see it. So by redirecting, and that's what I needed. And that's why I think the level of success is being achieved because finally, after all these years, I've shut up, surprisingly, I've shut up and I listen. And I realized you were given two ears and one mouth for a reason to listen twice as much as you speak, which by no means do I do twice as much, <laughs> but almost equal to the right people.
0: I love it, man. It's all great info. I don't know, I don't want to take up your whole day. I know I went a little over ready, but I like to call this the victory lap and really kind of give a few, a uh, few questions here at the end for you. First one being, do you have a favorite quote? Uh,
1: God, I have like three, hold on. I, I want to give the, my favorite. Um, I'll give one that applies to right now. Many people say that we're all in the same boat in which they are wrong. We're not in the same boat. We're all in the same storm.
0: I like that. Awesome. What is one of your favorite books?
1: Uh, I want to say Traction because Darren's made uh, Sean and I read that multiple times. Uh, Traction would be one of them. And I think the other one that really stands out is uh, you'll know I'm dead when I stop speaking. It's uh, the Jerry Weintraub story about how he marketed Elvis and every huge pop star and just hearing his approach.
0: That's cool. I'm going to check that out. I actually haven't heard one.
1: It's a great book.
0: I'm going to check that out. That's awesome. Next question is you have an episode of your podcast um, called Do You Have Bad Breath or something along those lines. And you actually discuss... A specific friend that you said has bad breath, did he ever hear that podcast and did he ever fix his bad breath?
1: (laughs) It took me a second, but I just remembered who it is. No, he still has bad breath. (laughs) Yes. And his profession, he sometimes can be in close proximity with people. And I've heard from numerous people, does he not know his breath smells? And it's ironic because (laughs) it applies in uh, both instances there.
0: Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so uh, one of the, the questions I ask everybody is if you had a time machine, you can go back in time knowing what you know now about life and business. What advice would you give a younger Christian? I,
1: Honest to God, no matter what I say, I wouldn't have listened. <laughs> so there's no advice I could have given because I wouldn't have listened only with like a 70, 80 year old Chris going back to a 42 year old Chris. I'm hoping now that I've come far enough to where now I would listen to the advice that I would give myself. And, uh, yeah. And I think this should be a wake up call for many other people.
0: That's honest, man. Your podcast, tell people the name of your podcast, how it came about and how people can find it.
1: My mistakes. It's, uh, my Mistakes, M-I-S-T-A-K-E-X-X, like the two Xs or gingerbread man that I call them on the logo. Uh, it came about, ironically, I started podcasting. My web guy, if you heard the episode when I was going on to um, TV to 80 million people, and I was selling uh, like an ebook for exercise, and it was for this weight loss challenge that was being done by an organization I was with. And... Four minutes into the show, $37,000 or whatever was in, somewhere around there, $35,000 in, the website crashed and never recovered, never made it back. Who knows how much was lost? I tried to think about it. (laughs) But around that time, I was building that website and my web designer, developer, whoever, he said, he put an icon on the uh website and i'm like what is that he's like oh it's called podcasting it's 2005 i go what's podcasting and he goes apple is this new platform and what it's going to be is people are going to do like radio shows i said it's the dumbest idea ever who's going to listen to something like the future is video people watch things and he said i think there's gonna be a huge market for it and i'm like thanks anyway so i recorded a couple podcasts back in 2005 2006 2008 and uh I they're on YouTube. I don't tell people where they are because they're so bad. And <laughs> uh, like I get douche chills when I hear them. And that being like the impetus to like my mistakes, I've had so many mistakes where I've missed what could have been something big. So I started talking to successful people and they told me they also had mistakes. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a whole podcast about people's screw ups. Everyone's got ones about all they've accomplished and their successes. I think more people would rather share in, oops, what did they learn from it? So that was, I called Sean. I said, Sean, we're doing a podcast. And he was like, oh, I need to learn everything about editing, podcasting, software, microphones, find out everything and let me know sometime tomorrow. <laughs> and that's how I always do it to Sean. Like I take his calm demeanor. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. And he learned it all. We got rolling and uh, we've had a lot of amazing guests come on. And uh, I honestly feel so lucky they spend time with me and Sean to share their lessons and with listeners, because we have listeners on every continent, which that in itself blows my friggin' mind.
0: That's awesome, man. And I will say you do have great guests, but I'll tell you some of my favorite episodes are, are you talking to Sean, the stuff that you say, and then some of the lessons and stuff that you share are, are great, man. I really like it. I get a lot of value out of it.
1: I appreciate it. Cause I don't find myself to be interesting and you saying that like honest to God is, uh, and that's, I think why so many people are insecure to go promote themselves or do anything is I think all of us are so insecure. And I remind myself often. And I tell others insecurity is just you thinking, you know, what someone else is thinking and they're not. So uh, I, for me to be like, Oh, they're going to make fun of me. Cause I'm bald. I'm just making an example. Like big deal. So who who is they? Who is the person? So so many of us hold back and it surprises me when people have reached out and said, "Oh, I listened to that episode. That was great. I really got a lot out of it." I am so genuinely grateful for it because I really I don't think I offer anything except for the fact that I screwed up a lot and I'll share it so I tell others, don't feel bad about it. it perfectly human, perfectly normal, and you're going to screw up a lot more in life because if you don't screw up, you're really not trying hard enough.
0: Amen, man. I love those words. And uh, again, I, I echo all that. I agree with that a thousand percent. In closing, talk about how how can people find you? How can people get involved in Connects? How can people start to reach out and work with you and work with the group?
1: Anyone that is interested in personal and business growth, I can guarantee you will become a better version of yourself. Guaranteed. Um, you can find the website at getconnects.com, G-E-T-C-O-N-N-E-X-X.com, podcast, My Mistakes with two Xs um, to learn some of the screw-ups and all. And on um, Instagram, it's connects underscore. And LinkedIn, you can find it right under my name, Chris Chanchuli, which is written right there or just sound it out. It's spelled just the way it sounds. I'm just
0: kidding. Awesome, man and (laughs) awesome i will uh, i'll obviously put all these so anybody who's listening to this and wants to go on the show notes you can click right off the show notes i'll link everything for connect for your podcast and for all your social media stuff man but this has been awesome man i love everything you're doing i love seeing long island guys go out there and kick ass man you're a good dude um we, uh, we both are fans of taking back Sunday and, uh, Biohazard, So some mutual friends, hopefully I can help you get all them on your podcast as yeah, well. Man. I was going to
1: say, get them on my podcast, because now I've got to interview you and, uh, you're going to get me even better guests with all the pull that you have.
0: <laughs> nice, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on today. I'm looking forward to airing this and, uh, any final thoughts before I let you go?
1: No, f- thank you for doing what you're doing, because let's all find ways to collaborate and not compete. Cause we'll all get a lot further together than we will on our own.
0: I love it, man. Chris Chanchuli, you definitely bring your A game. I appreciate you coming on today, and I look forward to the next Connects meeting, man. Have a great day.
1: Thanks,
0: bro. Take it easy, man.